Hello, beloved listeners. We promised we would never do this more than once a year, but here we are, man. Here we are. We're doing a rerun this week. We are rerunning. Honestly, Quirky, this is, I think, one of the most popular. It was the most popular episode of 2020. I just checked um, yesterday. Updated rankings. 365 days was our most popular episode of 2020. One of our most popular episodes of the whole pandemic era. That's amazing was, because it was late 2022. It was like September, October that we recorded it. It was, which is why it wasn't the rerun for that year. Usually we do a rerun of our most popular episode. But it just caught up. It just kept going and going and going. People just were captivated by this uh, two men, white men in their mm. mid-40s, talking about Massimo and Laura. Sure. Know, this uh, Stockholm Syndrome <laughs> love story. And so when we found out that there's a sequel – to 365 days coming in netflix on netflix right now called 365 days colon this day this day mm. not this day oh boy oh boy we wanted to get everybody caught up yeah. just kind of reacquaint yourselves if you haven't listened to the episode it's a good time now to get some context for stuff that we're going to talk about two weeks from now when we review the sequel 365 days colon this day if you heard that episode but maybe you want to reacquaint yourself um if you had heard it and you hated it hit stop right now but uh, if not you know keep going because i think this but, is actually a really good episode but hit stop and then just move the toggle to the end of the episode so that it registers as you listen to the whole episode yeah and I then guess i should just say hit mute yeah hit mute let it run and then just you know get off your phone for like 45 minutes it would kill you really and still tell Come a friend on. to listen to it too don't tell them you hated it still it was really good Yes. This is just a web of lies you're going to have yes. to just go through for us because you're a huge fan, I, even though you hate some of our episodes. I know you didn't know, know you were signing up for this, but you you did sign up for this. You're contractually obligated to do these things. Yeah, and 365 days, looking back on it. Yeah. Well, we reviewed it, I think. It was kind of an infamous movie that just kind of gained this sort of weird popularity during the pandemic kind of hate, hate watch. I don't know. Horn watch. Horn yeah. Watch horn watch. <laughs> but of course it, it was because it brought up all of these shades of 50 shades of gray, mm-hmm. you know, which was sort of our first like big episode. It was like the first one where it all kind of came together for us back in episode seven. That was our first really popular episode. And so anything that reminds us, of, yeah. uh, Christian and Anastasia, we're going to go for it. But what re- I really hate about 365 Days is it kind of makes you defensive Yeah, of Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because Fifty Shades of Grey, you know, we talk about it in, in the episode. Yeah, Christian's like, his control is a form of abuse, but it's right in the title there, Shades of Grey, right? Like, yeah. we're, we're interpreting it as that. You know what I mean? There might yeah. be another interpretation that says something else you know what i mean these characters they have these sort of shades of gray to them are they you know good people bad people is it love is it not love what is love is it a negotiation is it you know control or not control who has the power in this sort of relationship there's no shades of gray in 365 days he's a man who sees a woman that he wants to have sex with kidnaps her sexually assaults her and she falls in love with him yeah any yeah any movie that makes you go well he's not as bad as christian gray he's no i mean yeah, yeah. 
He's not as, or no, he's not as good as Christian Grey. Right. He's not virtuous and, and likable like that Christian Grey exactly. guy. Massimo is a character who is introduced negotiating a sex trafficking deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is the introduction to the character. Yes. The right? next scene, he is blackmailing a room full of people with sexual, uh, like porn revenge, uh, secrets, blackmailing. This is not a good man, and he only gets worse. He really does. Yeah. Um, so it's quite a quite a descent into hell. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, we took that ride. So I hope you enjoy, you know, reliving it with us or living it for the first time if you've never heard the episode. And then we're going to take another descent into the abyss two weeks from now when we review 365 days colon this day. Corky, final thoughts. Not to toot my own horn, but to toot, I think it's my best song parody opening of 2020. Oh. The Anita Baker, 365 Days, I Want Your Same Old Loving Baby. <laughs> Just, you know, put it on, close your eyes, and think of the sweet, sweet sounds of Anita Baker, and I think uh, I think you'll be pleased. Yeah, that's, that's a tease if ever there was one, <laughs> so, you know person who hates this episode you know time to rethink it yeah. before you just mute it and then you know just leave the room for a person who hates this episode who's now <laughs> listening to the intro to the episode they hate listen to the whole intro i think you're kind of signing up for the punishment at this point you gotta examine yourself if you willingly hate this episode and yet you are now listening to an intro to the rerun of this episode you have problems with yourself you gotta correct yeah so you know listen to the whole episode <laughs> and then really just rethink your whole deal right <laughs> No big deal. (laughs) And when I think I need someone new, oh, it just won't do. Cause I could be killed by you from beginning to end 365 days of the year I want you to say this loving baby All I wanna do is to be kidnapped by you I want you to say this love Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening wow. to the Dare Daniel Podcast You send us, you, you the listening audience Sends us the most sinister movie dares And we suffer the consequences for your amusement I'm Corky McDonald. I'm a local comedian, and I guarantee you, I guarantee you, this podcast with two cishet white men in their 40s is going to pass the Bechdel test harder than this goddamn movie we watched. With me, as always, film critic, Head Daniel Barnes. Hello, baby girl. On this show, I do your daughter work, baby girl, by watching the most unwatched movies you can imagine, and then we review and rate them. Using our unique system, baby girl. Run-of-the-mill bad film, we rate a dare. We give a double dare to the truly atrocious movies, and we reserve the reverse dare for a despised movie that is actually pretty good. Today on the podcast, we find out, are you lost, baby girl? (laughs) By reviewing 365 Days, the 2020 Netflix drama that became a viral hit, baby girl. We're also going to read some movie dares sent in by our listeners. But before we get started, we're going to talk about the beers we're drinking. Beers we're drinking. You got a beer. Ooh, I got a beer. I'm going to talk about my beer first real fast, okay? Hit that. Hit me up with that beer. I got a free kittens because nice. I like to pair it to the movie as always. <laughs> and in this movie, I wish this woman would have freed her kitten. That's all I'm going to say. 
Berryessa <laughs> Brewing. It. I love yeah. this lager. It's one of my favorite rice lagers out there. Great rice lager from Berryessa Brewing in Winters. I'm having something a little different today. I'm having a beer from Hen House Brewing. I don't think we've done a Hen House beer before. They are a brewery from Santa Rosa. They are fabulous. I'm having their MK Ultra IPA with Simcoe, Amarillo, and Chinook hops. It is a West Coast IPA filled with all those hop flavors that you love so much. It tastes very fresh. It's delicious. Hen House, one of the things they're really known for, besides all of the um, rooster and hen branding of their beers, is freshness. They have a born on date on every beer, and they always recommend don't, if it's more than 28 days old, you know, skip it. Skip it. Ah, So now let's read a dare from one of our amazing listeners. Our listeners send these to us on our website. There you go into the menu, you submit a dare. It's right there on the sidebar, too. If you're on your cell phone, you might have to scroll down a little bit. Scroll. Keep scrolling, baby. It's worth it. Submit a dare. Um, People are getting this to us on the Schmied. Uh, Uh That is, of course, our word for social media. We've shortened it to simply Schmied, and it has saved... Literally, if we're just talking cumulative man years, decades, decades, baby. People have uh, resurrected lost languages. People have found lost tribes. The tribes were lost, and we found them because of all the time we saved with the Shemit. If the Earth's timeline were a clock, the time of man would be about 15 seconds. Absolutely. The time saved by just saying Shemit instead of social media... It's greater than the Jurassic and late Cretaceous put together. That's all I'm saying. We have we've saved little eras, epics. We've saved. You could tesseract, tesseract through the time we've saved, <laughs> and people have. That's what I'm it's, hearing. It's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing. This dare, today's dare, this week's dare comes to us from Jack Kane. Jack Kane. That's a good name, Jack Kane. I looked it up to make sure it wasn't fake because sometimes people, I, I was like, "Is this a uh, wormhole dare?" Is this the character in the movie? He is not. Jack Kane. Jack Jack Kane is sending us dares after the chief takes his gun and badge and suspends him from the force. Detective Jack Kane is sending us dares. You're a loose cannon, Jack Kane. Jack Kane, NYPD. What do you got for us, Jack Kane? He's got Replicator. Replicator. You've put multiple words together and you made them one word. It's Replicator. This is a film from 1998. It is directed by Brett McCormick. All-star cast. Uh, just a few names. Gunnar Hansen, Keith Kjornes, and Randy Clower. So he's like, A-listers. Just A-list. The, just dripping with A-listers. Why, for the love of God, Detective Jack Kane, who has just been booted off the force. <laughs> it's two days to, till he gets his pension. And he's just going to retire onto a fishing boat and sail the Bahamas. Why do you want us to watch this portmanteau of a movie? He says, quote, absolutely ludicrous premise. Absolutely ludicrous premise. A military project manages to create a teleporter with the small flaw that it turns any male subjects that go through it into women who Mm. are nymphomaniacs, who, when they orgasm, turn into anthropomorphic alligators. And if they bite someone else, that person comes back as a zombie, a mincing homosexual zombie, that old saw. Isn't this a roll doll book? <laughs> no? Just imagine? Okay. The budget is low. It was shot over the course of five days on a script that took four days to bang out. 
with sets left over from another movie, and even even then they had to add obvious bookends to get it to a 66-minute runtime. The digital effects look like something you'd see out of Apple's iMovie, and the makeup, notably the gator masks, are something out of a Halloween spirit shop. Everyone knows they're involved in schlock and don't hold back. The actor playing Dr. Fields has a resemblance to Dr. House, which makes it more amusing to watch. I assume that means TV's Dr. House. Yeah, not not an actual man named Doctor House or woman. Not Stephen House, my doc, my podiatrist. <laughs> How is Doc House your podiatrist? I call him Doctor Steve. <laughs> He's fine, thank you. And uh, so are the corn. I interviewed synopsis: <laughs> Army experimentation with transporter devices accidentally turns people into alligators. They replicate. They're constantly replicating uh, into replicators. Uh, that sounds like a wow, awful movie. So great job, Detective Jack Kane of the LAPD. And now, our feature presentation. 365 days. Who dared us 365 days? Good friend of the show, Jesse Davis, who not only is a friend of the show, he is a benefactor to the show. My He's man donated. He supports. He threw some money down. Threw some real cash down. Cash on the barrel head, and you know us. We can be bought, and for very cheap. I don't want you to think you're going to have to shell out to buy us. I'm not going to tell you how cheap, because that insults you. That insults <laughs> you, the buyer. Absolutely. Cheaper than you think. Like, way cheaper than you think. Like, you probably have a number in mind that's like, this is as low as I'll go. Go lower. Yeah. Seriously. Put a zero in front of that number, and that's how low we'll go. <laughs> and a dot in front of it. A decimal point there. Why did Jesse slum lord <laughs> and donate some money to us? He says, because you guys love the Fifty Shades trilogy so much, and despite the obvious similarities, this is so much better. And if you go back, episode seven, we did review the entire Fifty Shades trilogy in one just, I don't know, alcohol poisoning leaf oh, on yeah. of, an al- of an episode. That was, was just fucking, a sweaty, drunken night was, in Johnny's garage. Yeah, it was Johnny's garage. It's, you know, April or May here in Sacramento. We're hot. We drank 11 beers or so and <laughs> uh, put on our sex jeans and just had at it. So go and check that out. It's one of our most popular episodes. The IMDb synopsis for 365 Days, Massimo is a member of the Sicilian Mafia family and Laura is a sales director. She does not expect that on a trip to Sicily trying to save her relationship, Massimo will kidnap her and give her 365 days to fall in love with him. He's a member of the Sicilian, like the, the one. The Sicilian Mafia family. You know, the, the fa- you know, the one. Yes, this week's film is 365 days. It is a Polish production. It's based on a series of novels, much like Fifty Shades. We talked about that before. We'll probably talk about it a lot because this is basically a fucking ripoff. The film was directed by Barbara Bialawas and Tomas Mendez. Stars Anna Maria Cykluka, Michelle Marone, and Blanca Lipsanka. The star Michelle Marone also contributed several songs to the soundtrack. We will also talk about how terrible all of those songs are. Oof. Like Fifty Shades of Grey, as I said, it's based on a trilogy of erotic novels. The film has a rating of zero, zero on Rotten Tomatoes based on 14 reviews. It was not released in theaters in North America. It was a hit in its native Poland, where the books are known. Opened in first place on February 7th, 2020. Seems like a bazillion years ago. 
and it grossed nearly $9 million in theaters, premiered on Netflix on June 7th of this year, garnering universally terrible reviews, but becoming kind of a viral hit. And there are now plans to film the other two books in the series once the pandemic restrictions lift. Yeah, so we talked about Fifty Shades of Grey, the three films in that series, and this film definitely has a lot of echoes of that, It, it not only in the story and the characters, but also in trying to kind of replicate the cool, like, slate tones of Fifty Shades, the atmosphere yes. of uh, affluence is, is a big part of this. Even has it went so far to put a number in the title. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, they're yes. trying everything. <laughs> And we reviewed Fifty Shades of Grey. We reviewed all three films, as we said. We found that in in this movie, in in those films, and in, I think, if you've seen Twilight uh, as well, which was really the inspiration for Fifty Shades of Grey, the male lead, he feels compelled to control the female lead, sexually, psychologically, and physically, in a manner that we, in our reviews, interpreted as, as, as abusive. Yeah. Right. Like that's that's fair to say, and and we're not the only ones to do that. Other people did that, and the heroine in Fifty Shades and Twilight again, sort of deals with that control in a manner consistent with how a victim of abuse would behave, making excuses for the abuser, you know, making up reasons, all those kind of things. Some people made a different interpretation. That's fine. That was sort of our interpretation of how of how that relationship came out. There's no interpretation here. No. Of that. This is literal kidnapping. Yes. Like literal physical restraint, not like I will, you will consent to let me put you in chains, like I'm going to drug you and put you in chains. Yes. Literal kidnapping, literal rape. Right. Yeah. And what- what's galling about this, honestly, is that Massimo, who is the, the lead, the male lead of the film, makes this whole big thing about how he's going to wait for her consent. After he's kidnapped her, he's going to wait for consent. Like, it really makes a mockery of consent in a way that Fifty Shades does not. This is not consenting. It's actual literal kidnapping. His thugs grab her off the street, drug her, tie her up, imprison her. Honestly, this movie made me kind of sick. Me too. Yeah. Not only is she seduced by him sexually, by this man who has literally kidnapped her, but as in Fifty Shades, she's seduced by the lifestyle. The wealth. She's seduced by the wealth. She's seduced by the mansion. She's seduced by the travel. She's seduced by the luxury cars and the luxury boats and everything else. As much or more than she is by his, as she says, devil-molded penis. Um, so does that And that's what's has- so disgusting about this movie is that it, it really is a sense of... Kidnapping and rape, nonstop physical and mental abuse are okay if you get presents. Like that's 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 the like fucking fucking worldview of this movie, which really brings to mind something more like Nicole and OJ Simpson than it does even Fifty Shades of Grey. It's as long as there's shopping montages and a big extravagant wedding where I get to look really good. <laughs> I'll be your sex slave. 365 days. Should we just get into it? Yeah, let's go. 365 days. Uh, drone shots. Do you like them? Because if not, you will hate this movie. Holy They fuck. got their money's worth of drone shots. They were just like, get lots of drones and constantly be shooting the ocean with them. In this scene, of course, we actually get several rich scumbags using the island uh, to make a human trafficking deal. 
So this is the, the again, this is just the, it's setting a moral kind of like just a, a, a bar, right? It's setting a moral bar. And that moral bar is in the fucking gutter. But Dan, I think you neglected that these are rich scumbags who are very well dressed, <laughs> very well coiffed, and on top of a stylistic castle. So they're bad, but they look good. They've got style, so it's fine. Yeah, they're wearing designer clothes as they do that. Designer clothes is a big thing that is the moral relativism of this film. It's like it, it makes everything all right. And we should say now, because get ready for this, nothing is ever tied up or no. embellished or fleshed out. Yeah. So right now they're doing here? a deal about trafficking humans. Massimo's dad gets affronted and offended by it. And that is just to set up that Massimo's one of the good guys. They don't traffic children. They just take sex slaves. Yes. These sex traffickers want to sell them young girls. The dad just walks away. Oh, this is so poorly. It's, it's it, Nothing makes sense. He shot. just kind of casually walks away from a meeting. <laughs> he just walks away. They're all on the roof. And he tells Massimo, who is like looking at some girl on the beach, he says, stop thinking about fun and pleasure. All this will be yours someday. Like you're, you're going to be the big Moss man. And like the second he says that, he's shot. Well, <laughs> like, th- this got, shot comes from a book depository from, you know, Dallas. It, where is this shot comes from? It comes from it down. Coming from? It doesn't make any sense spatially what is happening and like when they pull out to a long shot it still doesn't make any sense like space who who shot him the guys that were in the meeting are just still sitting there like they're just oh, right going to come back it's you coming back to the table it's like somebody else who was not like the lady on the beach shot him <laughs> like that's the, what it looks like they're like is this a negotiating tactic cuz we're not going to be sympathetic <laughs> so there's just some slow motion falling to your knees and then the drone kind of pulls away it takes a shot of the ocean and we get the first of, Ugh. I would say, are probably 700 pop songs that are unlistenable. They are yeah. putrid fucking garbage. They're Unbelievable. all like, they sound like they're public domain versions of and songs that you would the normally hear. The star of the film, Massimo, Michel Marone, sung a lot of them. Like, he did a lot of these songs. He's, he's a pop star there in Italy. Um, oh, my God. They are are absolutely atrocious. You're just kind of like, again, going back to Fifty Shades of Grey, you're like, that's it. They had The weekend. Yeah. Th- that was a good song that they were fucking to. You know, like that yeah. was a good song. These songs are all the same. They are putrid fucking garbage. Anyway, so pull away 365 days. Five years later in San Francisco. Boy, you thought that opening scene didn't make sense? How about this sequence that just makes the least sense of anything? Massimo is in San Francisco now. He's head of the family, obviously, because dad's His dead. Sicily Mafia 401k is not performing. <laughs> it's not. It's not like the performance of its investments. So he threatens the, the board with blackmail. Well, first he threatens them sort of violently because his henchmen are there. But then he pulls out some pictures Says to a woman, one of the female board members, and says something like, I thought I knew uh, all the kinks in the world, but this is like so beyond anything I've seen. It's like, what the fuck is that woman doing? <laughs> like Massimo, who, like, by the way, spends the next like two hours of this movie raping like a kidnapped yes. victim. Like, what is he fucking like offended by? That's just, you can't even imagine. Anyway, we don't see it, but. Meanwhile, this undercuts with someone we have not met, which is the heroine of the film, Laura, in Warsaw. She's in Warsaw. He's in San Francisco. She is doing... Daniel, 
I I challenge you. Tell me what Honestly. this company is, her business is. I, do, I could not. I thought she was a spy. Somewhere else <laughs> I read sales director. I don't know what she was. Like, all that we're, we can really get out of this for, like, kind of character building purposes is they are both, like, controlling a room. Yeah. What is actually happening in this scene, I do not know. I, nope. I am, it's... It's baffling. It's really quite baffling. But don't worry, because it'll never matter any ever again. No, it won't come back, and no one will care. So she goes home to her boyfriend, who is just like a boring couch potato. He seems like maybe he's a workaholic. He basically turns down sex. The biggest sin of all in this movie. Uh, Absolutely. She comes home ready to just, she was like, I just did a thing at work. I'm not sure what it was, but I'm, I I did really well, so I'm ready. That'd for be sex. hilarious. Like she doesn't even know what she does. She just <laughs> like, I don't know. That was, but I seemed to do well. It, it, the music <laughs> indicated I did well. So she comes home ready for sex, and he's like, "Nah, no sex. I'm doing a thing, and also you have a heart condition." Yeah. <laughs> so remember that. Another thing that comes up twice <laughs> doesn't matter, and in no important sort of way. So. Cut back to Massimo, who is now on a plane. He's yeah. on his private plane heading back to wherever. I don't, I mean, whatever. He's in San Francisco, and I guess he's heading back to Italy. So he talks to Marco for a second and then goes into the back and throat fucks the <laughs> right? stewardess. I mean, I hate to say that, but really, that's what happens. Like, he just goes back, says, like, Oh, you're a stewardess? Cool. Boom. Your, my testicles are on like your tonsils, <laughs> whatever. Like that's happening. That's just happening. This is also intercut with Laura uh, masturbating, and I thought I was wondering: is she imagining this? Is she just imagining someone getting a job <laughs> on an airplane? <laughs> or is he imagining someone masturbating thinking about him getting a blowjob on an airplane yeah it's uh, and anyway workplace harassment it's hot that's i think all we need to really know about that um, <laughs> but there's so much grunting and thrusting it really is like kind of hardcore the way it's going about it but you don't actually see everything's discreetly off screen so um now they go to Laura and her boyfriend go to this resort, which I get, is actually in Sicily. We don't actually find that out because the movie's horrible at dispensing information. But it's in Sicily. So she's in Sicily with her boyfriend. They're at this like resort. Here at the resort in Sicily is where Massimo and Laura meet for the first time. And we talk a lot about a meet cute in a movie. In uh, Cool as Ice, we had a meet hate. Yeah. <laughs> Vanilla Ice creates an accident, <laughs> <laughs> knocks a woman off a horse. In a a, a meat assault? Could have given her a serious concussion. This is more of a meat ew. Yeah. Because she's walking and she's going to a room, realizes, oh, I'm going the wrong way, turns around, and he is like right behind her, like right behind her. And he says what turns out to be his fucking pet line, which is, are you lost, baby girl? <laughs> Which, oh, gross. Like, fuck. Um, but again, as we've said earlier, like her masturbating while he's having sex, they have a, like a sexual destiny kind of sure, feel. Like, yeah. like, again, it's Twilight. Like, they were mo- born to fuck eventually. So she fights with her boyfriend at the resort and runs away, backs into another creepo, like, 
Creepos in, in Sicily, just like they like to really just get right behind you. Only for lost women. Only, Only for, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's not any less creepy. Uh, so she backs into him and then suddenly blacks out, which only seems to come up when there is something too expensive for them to shoot. Exactly, yeah. Or they don't want to make them seem too vicious. Like, they could not show the actual kidnap scene. Yeah, they can't show her drugging her and then carrying her lifeless body. Exactly. Like, it's only, it's okay that, to show her wake up in a nice robe on a satin bed. So she wakes up in this strange house, in strange clothes, in a strange place. She has no idea what the fuck's going on. She's like wandering about this strange house. It's hilarious though. They they left her they left her like four inch wedges on her. Like <laughs> <laughs> So she's essentially a prisoner in this mansion, and just like at the resort, she's backing up and Massimo sneaks up behind her again and repeats the exact same line. Are you lost, baby girl? And she faints. Yeah. Once again, because of the heart She's condition. a girl. She's fainted uh, twice now. W- when she was wandering through the place, again, lost somewhere. She's been lost like three times in the last five minutes. <laughs> she sees a huge picture of her face. Right, right, right. And right. when we come to find out, so when Massimo was looking at the woman dancing at the beach at the beginning, he yeah. was imagining that. That wasn't a real woman. Yeah. He, he was having like a vision while his dad was murdered. That spurred him. He explains all this. That spurred him to go find this woman. He he searched the whole world and somehow got a photorealistic picture of her. <laughs> he described her so well. Described her so fucking well. He, he knows some great artists, this Massimo, sure. as we'll see later. But how fortuitous. He had to travel the whole world for five years, and then she just shows up on his back step. <laughs> he walks in Sicily. <laughs> Waste of time, all that travel. Um, So yeah, she faints, wakes up, and suddenly he is stuffing like an ice cube in her mouth and saying, suck it. Yep. Like in a real aggressive way, too. Yep. And he says to her, I'm giving you a chance to fall in love with me. Yep. Now, if that ain't some incel-ass logic, but like, if you just had a chance, you would fall in love with me. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a fun little like thought exercise for this movie. Every time that Massimo does something, pretend one of two things. Pretend either A, that he looks exactly like Harvey Weinstein, or pretend B, that he works at fucking Burger King and has no money at all. How about this? Just pretend he's he looks like the man cast as her boyfriend who was bald and out of pot belly. <laughs> yeah, you absolutely. would fucking hate the guy. She would hate the guy, because she did. And I mean, we should also note that Massimo never, I mean, again, so he's like, I have this vision of a woman, I've looked all over the world, and I found you there. But he never thinks like, I'll approach her like I would approach a human being. Exactly. And I'll just say things, I'll just talk. I'm I'm good looking, I have a lot of money, like women are probably going to be interested in me like anyway. It's also so predatory that he had a vision of a woman, found a woman right. who looks like her, and is like, <laughs> I'm going to kidnap you to fall in love with me. I, I don't need to fall in love with you. I imagine what you are in my head, and that's good enough because you look good. So instead of treating her like a human, he exposes her boyfriend as a cheat, and when she tries to leave, he physically restrains her, but then tells her, I won't, I won't do anything without your permission. Without even the slightest trace of irony, he no. says that. Like, I won't do anything without your permission. Meaning I won't stick my penis <laughs> yes. inside your vagina. I will literally do a lot of things without your permission. I will do almost anything. That's the one thing. My penis will not penetrate your body. That's it. Everything That's else it. fucking fair game. 
The first 30 minutes of this movie, there's a lot of throat grabbing and throwing yes. of Laura. A lot of throat grabbing. Uh, as in Beautician of the Beast, also, we find out he operates a dungeon. <laughs> Not a- <laughs> yes. This is gallows. I'm that. I, like, I want you to find happiness. It's not going to be with a guy who has a dungeon in his house and keeps men in there. There are fixers. There are men who are fixers. <laughs> if he has a dungeon, that's not a fixer. <laughs> yeah. This, I, I mean, this whole, again, I we were not fans of Fifty Shades of Grey by any stretch of the imagination. This movie makes me sick. Yeah. Honestly, it made me ill because it's just fetishizing this whole idea of him basically wearing her down through kidnapping. I mean, it, it is it is he a treats. Stockholm syndrome yeah. situation, but it, the movie insists that it isn't. You know what I mean? The movie doesn't offer that as any kind of like that's a possibility. Is maybe she's just no? It's just because his penis is great. He's hot and he's rich. Yeah, exactly. The comparisons to Fifty Shades and Twilight are are valid because it apes those movies. But in those movies, they're at least they try to flesh out characters. They mm-hmm. try to flesh out plot. They try to show you how this works and, and people giving and taking. This movie pretends to do none of that. Yeah. Which almost is <laughs> does make it more like pornography. It, that's exactly what it is. There's no pretense of like, we're going to create characters. We're going to tell a story or anything like that. Nope. It's just like, no, fucking people and wealth. Yep. Like, uh, like his their shower is like a real big fucking part of this movie because it's an awesome shower yeah two shower. <laughs> you know what i mean but it's like wow that's all right that he's a rapist because of his he has a great taste in showers uh anyway so she uh sees him murder someone this guy who's a murderer but he says he's a he's a pedophile or something something like that right and she inherently trusts this man who was kidnapped drugged her and kidnapped her again she's fainted and wakes up and he is watching her sleeping while shirtless because he's not toxic <laughs> and this relationship is not toxic uh in his very not toxic way he prepares to traffic her to another country that's not toxic it's not a weird thing but no. it's okay because we have a shopping montage absolutely after pinning her down when she disobeys because of his abiding love for consent there is another shopping montage set to a pop song yes absolutely she's trying on clothes and we designer see... clothes designer clothes not yeah. not just normal clothes no because it's uh, of how not toxic he is. there's not even tags on these clothes because if you have to ask if yeah. you have to know what it costs it's offensive now while she's changing he does burst into her dressing room a thing that donald trump once did and refuses to leave when she tells him to and then chokes her up against a mirror again because of his lack of toxicity but also we start to notice that she's more offended when he doesn't notice her. Uh, right? He hasn't mm-hmm. choked me up against a wall for a couple of hours. <laughs> Has he lost interest in me? It's been a day. A day that she's been kidnapped. Yeah. And she's That's... already been like, he's not even looking. <laughs> So she runs off. She runs off again. Uh, they're in Rome, and she just runs off in Rome, and she literally is lost, baby girl. Um, <laughs> so she goes to the cops, but of course they are on Massimo's payroll. That'd be so great if the cops were like, "Are you lost, baby girl?" <laughs> like are you in lost, baby girl. <laughs> <laughs> but the cops, he owns the cops, right? Because he's a fucking yeah. crime lord, and owning corrupt cops is very sexy. He looks like Doctor Ian Malcolm. <laughs> But a more even Euro trash version of him. <laughs> this is great. Massimo 
he disarms her. He's disarming. He asks her, her to teach him to be gentle. And sure enough, Jesus. she is disarmed by this. These are, I mean, I know it's supposed to be like, oh, see, he has a soft side. These are the, the classic tactics, not just of abusers, of cult leaders. This yeah. is what cult leaders do. They kidnap you. They take away your fucking identity. And then they do this whole good cop, bad cop fucking thing where you you have no fucking clue. You know what I mean? It's like you're raped the first night, and then the second night, you're helping rape the next girl. That's how they fucking do it. This is like how fucking sick this is, that this is like a slick, erotic fantasy. I didn't care for it. All right, so we're still going. Uh, they're sharing a bed now. They're a couple. What has it been like? This is the second day? She showers for him because he's hot. And he joins her in the adjacent shower. Remember we talked about the showers. This is like the shower. It's like an open shower in their bedroom. It's, <laughs> it's a shower you would want. It's it's a pretty badass shower. It's pretty amazing. Um, but they have dueling shower time. They have dueling showers. She is looking at is he showers. She is looking at his penis like it is the holy grail. Like God's love is just emanating from his fucking testicles. There's this absolutely atrocious pop song about where the lyric is something like don't make promises you can't keep as they're kind of like canoodling in the shower and she turns away and he literally just yanks her by the like the nape of her neck like you would grab like a a a baby rabbit or something like that and (laughs) yanks her to him um because of how much he loves consent and he calls her baby girl so again this is just this movie's fucked up idea of like their relationship she starts at literally acting like the girlfriend of a spoiled momster would act, right? This is like Adriana. Like This is exactly how Adriana in The Sopranos would act. This is where I, I wrote really big, what is her character? Like, what is it, right? Because like, yeah. like you said, she's acting like a petulant, spoiled she's girlfriend like, of a mobster. Yeah. She's filleting an ice cream, flirting with his friend. And, and then goes like, into a She's fountain. trouble. Yeah. Which, again, we what? don't see because the movie's like <laughs> too cheap for <laughs> fountains. <laughs> We are not more than 72 hours and she, she was kidnapped and whisked away from all that she knows. See, it's just like, it's this movie's idea of here's how she evens the scales, okay? Like, he's mm-hmm. taken something from her and so she'll, like, embarrass him. That, what the fuck is that evening the scales? That's not even at all. Kidnapping and rape is not the same as you slightly embarrassed me. This movie's tagline should have been, might as well lie back and enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, we forgot to mention when she's put on the plane, like, again, she's carried on the plane kicking and screaming. She's tied up in the the seatbelt, is used to tie up her arms and legs. And then Massimo slides in and tweaks her nipple. <laughs> I'm like, listen, he, he, I know a few things about women. <laughs> they definitely don't want he, you to, like... But then he, he makes, like, Mark Wahlberg in fear and starts <laughs> sliding down south on a... On a Ferris wheel. Well, sure. I mean, there was there was no resistance to that. I mean, right? she's sitting she's there, fine. right? She's totally into it. Yeah, this movie. She hasn't left. So fucked. They get back to his place. My my favorite part of this movie is when she needles him about this painting that he keeps in his bedroom, which is a portrait of him petting a lion. This <laughs> is like that is the in a hotel. The fucking lamest gangster fucking bullshit that has ever fucking happened. It's like, look how awesome I am. There's a painting of me <laughs> with a lion. Like, like fucking, what? 
<laughs> if that wasn't a painting, it might be badass. It should have should have been like one of those mid nineties Master P album covers with <laughs> the big letters and the the font has got dollar signs in it. That is his aesthetic for with- sure. So they're in his bedroom. Laura's giving him a little bit of shit, and Massimo locks her in chains. Uh, again, yeah. because of how not toxic he is, and he says he's not going to have sex with her. He's not going to fuck her. He's not going to. Uh, he's not that. He's not a bad guy, but he will force her to watch him fuck a prostitute. And again, this is just uh, things I know about. Women. I thought it was the stewardess. Oh, was it the? Stewardess? I thought it was the. And she's just like on call in another room, just like that's her sole purpose. <laughs> hang out in that room till he needs a BG. She can't help but watch. She though. can't help but watch because literally she's chained up. Um, and after it's over, he's looked at her and he says, "You're immobilized enough that you can't resist me anymore." Ugh. And then tells her, in a very way, in a way that is super not douchey, dress up. We need to be at one of my clubs in two hours. <laughs> it's like I'm like fuck, holy fuck. Like, how small is this guy's penis that he needs to actually say one of my clothes? <laughs> like, fucking dude. Fuck. You kidnapped this woman. You kidnapped her. And now you're just like, uh, one of my clubs? Mm. That blowjob was over in less than a minute. <laughs> right. So yes. I think he's compensating. <laughs> so sure enough, they go to this club. She gets all uh, clubbed up. Watching this scene though, where she gets, she's excited to get dressed up sure. to go out to a club, and she's also kind of doing the same thing as before, where she's like, f- sort of flirting and going dra- dancing with other men in a way that is intended to embarrass him in front of his colleagues slash competitors. And somewhere she got extensions. How does he have clothes <laughs> that fit her? <laughs> it's been less than four days since she was at a club, so she's missing the nightlife. But all I could think when I saw them in this club was, thank God I'm too old for clubs. Thank fucking God. That shit, even when I was young enough for clubs, it didn't matter to me. Certainly not a Mossimo owned club. I mean, my God. Like, you really have you heard the Mossimo songs we've heard so far? Like, this is not going to be a cool club. It's going to be pretty fucking lame. And sure enough, she's dancing and dancing. One of his colleagues slash competitors starts dancing up on her. And then Mossimo, of course, saves her. Saves her from this. Before that, what's up? Before that, there's a woman, and her only job is to hold up a Coke mirror so everybody can do bumps of Coke off this Coke mirror. How do you get that job? Like, That's... are you like, Mom, <laughs> Mom, guess what? <laughs> I'm holding booger sugar for the Italian mafia. <laughs> no, no, no. I just, no, not holding like that, Mom. No, I actually physically carry trays of it. <laughs> yeah, I think there's dental. I think there's dental. Absolutely. Rub it on your gums. <laughs> um but yeah so one of the other monsters gets a little too a little too handsy with uh laura and uh massimo has to save her which is just amazing like it comes in and is like oh my god this man is committing unwanted touching on this young woman i better save him and doesn't even like savor the fucking irony for a second you know what i mean just like does yeah it so she's quickly. like save me from this guy doing exactly what you're doing to me right so she faints because I guess they didn't have money for squibs. <laughs> is that the weak heart thing? That's, the yes, thing fainting is that the? Is. Oh shit! And again, it's like the weak heart comes in whenever they don't have money to shoot something. So they're obviously like, we exactly. are not, we we are not budgeted for a shootout. So the shootout happens yeah. off screen. She wakes up again, and there, and uh, we find out that the handsy man was shot and killed, and this has caused a rift between the families. Laura, for her part, says, 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, like that is the ultimate it is like, my fault. victory, right, of an abuser is to get your abusee to apologize. Ugh. It's just fucked. And we didn't say this, but she wakes up on a boat. Yes. She, they're now on a boat in the middle of the ocean. How long do her heart spells fame attacks last? Like, really? Is it days, weeks, months? But yeah, How? it's actually suggested by him and by her that it was her fault because she wore suggestive clothes. She wore suggestive clothes and that the other mobster got a little too antsy, but he had no choice because she was dressed like a prostitute. Uh, they then wrestle and he essentially pushes her in the water. Um, but don't worry because he jumps in and saves her and he is regarded like a hero for this. This is where I wanted the movie to stop <laughs> and then just become a Polish reboot of Overboard. <laughs> Because that would have been the only redeeming part of this. <laughs> gender, like, mixed, uh, gender flipped. So, like, she yes. drags him out of the water, and suddenly it's like she, she's, she gets to tame him. She's now sex capo <laughs> of the Sicilian mafia. <laughs> but no, instead she uh, regards him like a hero for saving her after pushing her in and apologizes for being disobedient. That's literally what happens. She's into him now, so they have sex. Boom, boom, boom. This is the first time pulling someone out of the ocean gets them wetter. <laughs> boom. So more of the simulated hardcore oral sex. They're banging on the boat deck. The drones are catching it all, man. Woof, those drones. That's one thing about this movie is even the interior shots look like they're shot by drones because the camera just rocks <laughs> yes. back and forth. It's quite poorly shot. And we should say we haven't quoted it a lot, but the dialogue is uh, it would be an insult to the good name of garbage to call this yes. trash it's yeah. fucking <laughs> awful it's terrible uh but they're into each other now they having sex and now they're going to a ball wasn't there like a dumb fucking ball in 50 shades too or one of the 50 shades yep. I mean, was a dumb second one there was a masquerade right? ball yep. first they ball now they go to the ball. <laughs> and somewhere back in uh, 30 minutes ago there was a mention of a coke ripoff some ton of coke went missing that doesn't never oh, matters why would it the the barzinis the tatalias <laughs> they're at war <laughs> Uh, but before we go to the ball, what do we got to do? Makeover montage set to a shitty Uh-oh. pop song. It's uh, it's awful. Uh, but she's at the ball and she meets Anna, who I suppose is being set up for the sequels because this is our one scene. She is Massimo's, quote, first and real love. And now that, of course, she has a competitor for Massimo, Laura is really into Massimo. Oh. Like it's, that has fired her edges. She is a jealous kidnapping victim. <laughs> this, this is like unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt level, but like not played for, <laughs> not played for satire at all. Played to be sexy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is like she is a so mole woman. Fucked up. Yeah, and we find out Anna wants to kill Laura. But don't worry, probably won't come up until the second or third movie. But don't worry, Massimo's going to protect her because he's sweet. Um, more Every one of these shitty pop uh, songs that blares like during this bathroom sex has the words fire or thunder yeah. or some natural element in it. Can't hold the fire. <laughs> so yes, they have sex again to another horrible pop song. But now that he's officially conquered her, Massimo's like, Psh, take a hike. Sons are off to Warsaw. Then there was some Poland. Now she's going to Poland. I don't know. I keep <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. Um, 
as they're on their way to Warsaw, Domenico, who is like the other number two, he's the young number two. He's Johnny Boy. He was the only only character I cared about. Domenico was like her hype man. Know, he right? listened to her problems. Yeah. He told her how good she was. Um, but on their way to Warsaw, he gets a call and is like, boop, I got to head in the other direction. Wait in Warsaw. Um, which leads to another pukable pop song. And instead of going to the apartment in Warsaw that Massimo has set up for Lara, she goes to visit her party girl best friend. Gal time, Olga. Yeah, time to talk about boys. And get Manny Petties and <laughs> yes. facials. She says, Lara says to Massimo, when you are with him, you feel like a little girl. Yeah. That's a line from the movie. I did not embellish. That is an actual line from the movie. Um, but the worst part, she says, the worst part about her kidnapping, raping, dungeon-owning boyfriend who is also a murderer and leader of a criminal syndicate that dabbles in human trafficking is that they keep her out of the loop. <laughs> she wants to be more in the loop with, with the trafficking of 13-year-old girls. What the fuck? <laughs> like, who is this human? Her, her and Olga go out and get mani-pedis, get facials, get massages, and it's so fucking hilarious. We know so little about this woman. Right, but we've seen like six makeovers. What are you making yourself over from? We don't even know who the fuck you are. Yeah, it's been like 72 hours. How many makeovers can you have in 72 hours? While she's getting a pedicure, she gets a phone call. <laughs> and we're supposed to care that she got some job offer? She's like, I was just made partner of something. <laughs> That'll never come up. It was never brought up before. important. Not important. So they go out to party. She runs into her old boyfriend. Remember old Baldy McGoatee, uh, the boyfriend? Dresses like Trevor from GTA 5. <laughs> He's... <laughs> He's there saying, hey, baby, I've changed. I love you, etc., etc." Follows her home, I guess. But as soon as he sees Massimo, who has broken into her apartment because of his deep and abiding love of consent, uh, he's like, I'm out of here. That's beta male bullshit right there. That's beta. She can't like that guy. Um, so they have some putrid pop song hate sex. Drone shots outside of a high-rise apartment building. Oh my God, yes. Oh, that was just awful. Uh, she says, <sighs> I don't need 365 days. You didn't need 360 days. She didn't need 3.65 days. Are you kidding me? Because she says, I love you. <sighs> but that's not the end of the fucking movie. No. Not the end. Uh, he wants to normalize this horror show. So he says, will you marry me? And she says, absolutely. Let's make a mockery of this institution as well. Uh, and what does that mean? Corky, of course, probably you want to go and pray on. No fucking shopping. Let's go shopping. shopping. Like, let's go more makeovers, more shopping. Like, oh my God. I just like, why isn't this movie over? Like, I just, I almost wish like 50 shades of gray. The first one ends on like a real kind of like harsh note like remember she gets yeah. in the elevator and is like goodbye that's it boom it's christian it's, miss whatever. yeah it's a it's miss a sharp fast quick ending and you're kind of like i thought as soon as he says like i love you like that's as far as we need to go with this right like this is hot and no no we're gonna keep fucking going meets her parents he acts like an arrogant sack of shit, of course, but they're too clueless to know because they're just, you know, whatever, parents. Um, so the, Hey, Massimo gonna Massimo. So the, uh, time for another luxury cruise. Seriously, they go on another luxury cruise. But wait a minute. Oof, wait, hang on. She's feeling a little bit queasy. At breakfast? Huh. What could it be? Butter go see but the doctor. But we didn't see her throw up. <laughs> it can't That's be. fucking awful, right? 
So she's now okay. trying on <laughs> wedding dresses. Hold on. Hold, hold the fucking phone. Hold the fucking phone. It has not been two months. <laughs> I know, right? Just like How does she week? know she's goddamn Seriously, pregnant? This is some... Uh, the midichlorians, obviously, <laughs> her womb and create. I mean, whatever. I don't want to go into. You, this is now. This is just a reimagining of the New Testament. That's what this is. <laughs> so yes, uh, what could it be? What could it be? So now she's trying on wedding dresses. She's with her friend again, her party girlfriend. Her her friend's like, "What do you What are you thinking? Like, oh my god, you're gonna have a baby with this guy." Laura says, you think I didn't know what I was doing? You were I, kidnapped and raped, so I'm going to say no. I, I, and drugged? I drugged, sure. You were passed out often. <laughs> like, <laughs> Several you hours. You spent a lot of time unconscious, so I'm going to say you have no fucking clue. Um, so this naturally leads to um, more trying on clothes. Right. Um, she picks... I mean, again, I don't want to cast aspersions on this woman. She picks the most whorish wedding dress that has ever happened in the world. Outside of like a she Billy like Idol video or something like that. Sex bride. Seriously. That's what she is. She's yeah, sex bride. Like, um, what is his name? Marco? Is that the number two? Marco gets a text. They're all Demi- driving oh, yeah, back. To, they're all driving back to see uh, Massimo, who's back at the place in Sicily, whatever. He gets a text that says they're about to kill Laura. Marco gets this. He's like, oh, my God. Who? Why? What? How? Nothing. Who, who would do that? Why would they that. do it? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So he's like, oh, shit. I better call Massimo and warn him and gets a busy signal <laughs> because that's how phones work. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, no, he's talking on the other line. It's a busy signal. No, it doesn't fucking that is. That, what? <laughs> no, that's not how phones work. Um, so anyway, he gets the busy signal. Uh, they, she goes into a tunnel. Her car goes into a tunnel. And we see the car drive in, but it doesn't come out. And as we know, there's more books in this series. This is obviously a fake out. But Massimo, um, Marco comes in, is like, oh, shit. Massimo falls to his knees. Sort of similar to the opening where he falls to his knees. But then his father dies. And we see the shot of a police car outside the tunnel that her car went into. The end. Drone shot. Pull away to the ocean. Oh, it's been a year. That's it. It has been a whole year. It's honestly been like two weeks in this movie, right? Because, well, we don't get any sense of time, much like you wouldn't if you were a kidnap victim. But uh, we really have no fucking idea whatsoever. Um, You're just going to keep bringing that up. Like, that's a, that's a strike against him, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, Corky, we were pretty rough on Michelle Maroney, and I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. The star of 365 Days. We were pretty rough on him. <clears throat> I wanted to bring in maybe another perspective on this. So I'm going to bring in, as you know, one of my most beloved recurring characters. It's Giuseppe, the stereotypical Italian film critic. Giuseppe. Yes. What did you think of Michelle Moroni in 365 <laughs> Days? He make us all look bad. This guy is nothing but a moldy old stereotype. <laughs> In fact, I tell you, I'm going to give this pasta falzula my lost red in a yet. Ten thumbs pizza. <laughs> I'm a Giuseppe, stereotypical Thai film critic. Back to you, Daniel and Quirky. <laughs> I didn't get a lost, are you lost, baby girl, from Giuseppe? 
Giuseppe is never lost, baby girl. All the time, on point. So, Corky, uh, let's give our ratings for 365 Days, just to remind everybody. Run-of-the-mill bad film of dare, next level bad, double dare, and a movie we actually like, reverse dare. Corky, what is your rating for 365 a days? This is not only one of the worst movies I've seen in recent memory, but it's despicable. Mm-hmm. Uh, the creators and writers should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah. There's there's nothing to this movie redeemable at all. It apes the worst parts of Fifty Shades of Grey without even trying at all to bring any character, purpose, redeeming qualities, anything like that. No, if you, I don't know, like you said, if, if you're into stuff, you're into stuff, but... If you're watching this and you don't call that stuff out, check that. Really? There's nothing acceptable about the behavior of these characters. Full double dare, the creepy, nasty feeling from it. But also, it's just a shit movie. Location, location, location. That's all this movie had going for it was some nice, beautiful vistas. It's crappily made. Awful. Yeah, double dare all the way for me, too. And I agree with everything you said. It's repellent. In the sense of just being an apologia for a kidnapper and a rapist throughout the entire movie and thinking that that's hot because he's rich and because he has, you know, chest hair and nice arm muscles or whatever, chiseled jaw, what have you. But also it's just, just terribly made, terribly made. I thought the first Fifty Shades of Grey at least like looked okay. I mean, the second and third, I, I mean, you know, whatever, we have our differences on this. I don't know. It's one of those movies, like, what really troubles me is that it forces you in a position where you're like, boy, that thing that I hated is maybe not so bad because here's a thing that is so much worse. You know what I mean? Right. We hated Fifty Shades of Grey. We did not like those movies. We did not like anything about it with a whole series. And yet you're forced to be like, wow, that was actually like nowhere near as yeah. offensive or anything. Like, it almost just, it it, it makes you queasy in a, in a lot of ways, so... Um, you you see something like 365 days and you look at it and you're like, oh, that was your takeaway from Fifty Shades? Right, right. You you thought that was the hero of the piece? <laughs> all right, that's all we have for you on this episode of Dare Daniel. But we'll be back in two weeks to review another one of your movie dares. Giuseppe might be around too. You don't. You never you know. You never know when Giuseppe is going to pop up. He's that kind of guy. Until then, we send your most sadistic or altruistic movie dares to us at daredaniel.com. And be sure to follow Dare Daniel Pod. On the Shmee, that is Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like and rate us on iTunes or any podcast app that you use. You can read more of my movie reviews at the Dare Daniel website. That is daredaniel.com. Corky. Yeah. You pasta fazool. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you up to? Catch me in the upper champagne room of any of one of these Euro Trash clubs holding up Coke mirrors for the <laughs> Sicilian Mafia family just to do rails Good off of. Good gig. Good gig. Right? And at this time during the pandemic, I mean, to find something in an industry that you love, that you have, that you went to school. (laughs) That I majored in. Yes, exactly. Like it's it's your experience. It's your dream. That is so beautiful. And I'm so happy for you holding up Coke mirrors for Sicilian scumbags. That's fantastic. Thank you. (laughs) So for Dare Daniel, I'm Daniel Barnes, Apostle Fuzzle. (laughs) (laughs) and i'm quirky mcdonald saying you never lost baby girl (laughs) bye-bye love you